0: Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out by Gold, Medal Squared. Coaches, are you looking for a way to level up and win more? Then you should check out GMS Plus, your on-demand source for the best, most proven volleyball courses, drills, stats, videos, tips, and much more. You can learn from the game's greats, such as John Spraw, Mike Wall, Heather Olmsted, Keegan Cook, and Courtney Thompson. Whether you're trying to win a state championship or an Olympic gold medal, GMS Plus will get you there. You can get 20% off an annual subscription by going to goldmiddlesquared.com slash C-Y-B-O and entering the coupon code C-Y-B-O. That's goldmiddlesquared.com slash C-Y-B-O. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. So, what are some examples of divergent styles of play or solutions uh, within your program? So, for instance, I imagine in the past um a lot more players might have, you know, passed or set using more arms and less legs. Do you see more of a wide variety now? Or like what are like skills where you see like I guess the biggest divergent techniques? Probably
1: serving the most. We used to have all like four step, you know, fleeing serves, flat and clean. Now you would see, you know, all sorts of like no-step, two-step, four-step, hybrids. Um, You'd see just way more diversity and like depths, like high, you know, really high serves, um, lots of serves with spin, probably more offline serving, um, one-handed tosses, yeah, so you probably see the most there, and serving, you know, you got the most control, so it's easiest to probably vary. Um, but I'd say for sure the same as like the same with passing. Uh, prior our approaches, you would have seen a much more systematic like pass, shuffle, walk when the setter sets. Um, now you'd see people after they pass do all sorts of different. Go to different spots and just more creativity, more like like fake one way, go the other way. I think, um yeah, so I think almost every skill, if if you really looked at it, you'd see much more variance. Though at the same time, when I like think back to you know, teaching more in keys, I would spend lots of time trying to get them to set the way I wanted, and then you'd like watch the film in competition, and you're like, ah, they're not doing it. <laughs> um so the bot, I think Franz Bosch says, you know, the the body has very little interest in what the coach has to say, like kind of surprisingly. Um, you know, I had this idealized uh, movement in my head, and it obviously didn't click with that player. Maybe it's just I wasn't a good enough coach, or maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't the right movement for that player.
0: Are you guys tougher servers now with all this variety?
1: It's a, it's a really good question. I I think about that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think we're, we're more adaptable. We're better in more conditions, especially on the beach, right? You got, you know, it would get really windy and we'd still try to hit our flat floats and miss a bunch of them. And they weren't as tough. Um, now when it's windy, we can go to another tool or you see some passers that just handle the flat float really well. And then you throw them, like, a different depth, like something high and deep, and they they really struggle with it. So I'd say we don't have as good of, like, probably as good of velocity or accuracy on, like, a fleeing serve. We're not as strong there. But we have more tools to disrupt the passer. And I guess the one other thing I would say is what I found a lot, and even coaching, like, Betsy and Emily, first set, we we just, like, shock the other team mm-hmm. and then you'd see them start to adjust to the speed and second set they're they're in system third set they've got the pattern figured out and we're just like what the heck like we've got to hit it faster and cleaner and and now you know it's much more like i'm pushing them to all right so it seems like they're adjusting go to another tool like try to add some spin try to um change your approach um change the depth you know start line to line now so we it's they're much more comfortable at At adjusting and again it's that relation like my relationship was just to serving was just okay we did the right four step and we hit it flat and clean that's good now trying to be and have the players much more tuned into that antagonism are we antagonizing the passer they're the ones telling us if it was an effective serve not because i hit it flat clean and and into an alley so trying to to really get that feedback uh, i think lends to them trying to figure it out but I mean, that's a long-winded way of saying I don't, I don't really know, and I'm, I'm trying to convince myself what we're doing is right.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting. Like, yeah, and going back to the antagonistic, because I mean, you, in the past, you could have been like, "Oh, you guys served great the first game, but like our serves kind of dropped off the second game, and they're serving the same serves, but the context changed because whatever they started deeper or whatever it is."
1: Yeah, they adjusted. Yeah. I think passers are looking for patterns and if we can keep changing the, so that there's no pattern, then it's pretty uncomfortable as a passer.
0: So I, I guess you mentioned with defense, how you might uh, tell them, Hey, this is where the heat map says we should be a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, how does like a scouting um, or strategy work with the more ecological model? Are you, prescribing or predicting what's likely to happen and what the player's responses should be? Is that like a a mental model they keep in their heads? Uh, Yeah. How do you think about it like that?
1: Probably a little bit of that, of the mental model, but um, try to include the player a lot where ask them to create a report and to bring it in and to present it and to show me what they want to do so that they have some say over it. And it's not just me saying, do this um from there really try not to talk in absolutes like when you do this they'll do this every time because <laughs> that's just you know that's not the reality of our sport Uh more like suggestions like you know it seems like when the sets inside she shoots line more often feel free to take some chances um you know this serving alley she struggles more when we're serving short it seems like she's not able to hit with as much range so try mixing in some short but probably you know really try to get to it and that's you know maybe a couple hours from the match and just giving them some suggestions some ideas some some possibilities but really like within the match trying to get them to the point of just like yeah you guys you've seen them a lot you know them like go trust like go take you know take chances um you've got a good beat on them, like trying to get them out of like pre-programming them and like pre, like I have to go here because of, and just more like you've watched film on them. You've played a set and a half against them. Like you can trust what, you know, whatever you're feeling, go trust it and go commit, like commit to it, go all in on it or whatever you're, you're reading.
0: What stats are most important to you in game?
1: I mean, Joe's triangle, I think is just gold you know, understanding the the first ball side out or the three parts of it, the terminal serving, the first ball and um, transition. So, yeah, I guess just keeping all three of those is really helpful. And I, I don't know if one's most important. I mean, first ball happens the most. That probably is the biggest influence over the match. So, I mean, it makes sense to, I guess, emphasize that area. But I guess what's most important is just trying to figure out like where are we bleeding points? Is it because in terminal serves, we're getting aced a lot, or we're missing a lot, or we're not acing them at all. So if we see we're losing that battle, then try to put our focus there. Uh, if you see in the transition game, we're not killing the ball or they're killing the ball a lot in transition, then just try to guide them to that spot. So I don't I don't know if I could say like one's most important. I think it's important to have all three components of the triangle. So you can figure out, yeah, one, the strength, but two, you know, where can we upgrade?
0: Yeah, because I think of a lot of the times the triangle is awesome for after the fact, like, hey, this is what we really need to work on in practice. Um, but I guess the in-game, I guess, like you said, just driving their attention to something. Because obviously, if I'm a passer, I am trying not to get aced. But just to show that it's happening a lot through the triangle maybe gives the drive their attention to be even more on guard there
1: yeah 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 probably sometimes it's just obvious but other times it's not i think you get into and lots of times it'll be like this server like this one server is acing us a lot and it's when she's on that side and so then we can get like more nuanced right okay you know she's got three aces you know we're here in the second set that's the main problem to solve let's disarm that weapon where has she been serving um how do we want to adjust her you know what can we do to maybe we let's make a bigger target when she's serving it's not about passing perfectly in search just let's throw up something that we can get you know that we can we can get some hands on and, th- and get a swing um so yeah i think even having that little bit of data just gets us more directly you know quicker onto what's most relevant otherwise we make up stories and the stories oftentimes like i said before like we're on the you know we're thinking about this overpass with this one one-arm dig i could have had and the stories take us off track from the thing that is really having the biggest influence on the match it's this one server who's hitting this deep float serve um and we we hadn't noticed or or we didn't put enough attention into that
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and maybe if we are winning that's uh serve serving battle terminal serving battle then the focus could be directed somewhere else and we know as a coach not to harp on you know disarming a server maybe
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah we can highlight a strength hey we're dominating like they can't ace us you guys are creating lots of trouble you know that we're enhancing their expectations you can use the stats that way a lot too and so i'll use the stats for that you know hey we're digging tons of balls and i think i said this before You know, that's awesome. Let's keep digging balls. Now, how can we kill more of them? Um, So you're doing both like you're noticing a strength and then getting them on, you know, the most relevant problem, how we can get some more points in transition.
0: Okay, I want to end with uh, two more scenarios for you. So a a player is struggling, they're getting targeted, they're making errors, you can see they're in a threat state. Uh, What do you say during a timeout or between sets? Give it up, kid. <laughs> now let's say it wasn't me. It was like a real. Uh, oh, okay, all new girls. Yeah, try, try another sport.
1: <laughs> what, what's what's um, B. lee's thing? <laughs> take uh, take two weeks <laughs> off and then retire. What was it again? She's
0: struggling in uh, service so she's getting somebody's just like in really in the hole. They're uh, <laughs> what does Todd say? They have the. The yips—they're uh, just really being targeted. Like they're getting served every ball, and they're not siding out. I guess, yeah. What do you say during a timeout or between sets?
1: Yeah, I think like maybe a one view is like you don't know, talk about it. Is it like this idea of like mental toughness, and we just power through, and that could work. um But I go more of uh, this idea of like mental, I guess, flexibility, where. Um, but I guess I take a step back before I go into that because I like that idea a lot but uh I think it shows a lot of courage when you're vulnerable so someone to say you know like oh I'm struggling I'm frustrated I'm feeling picked on so really trying to make a space where the player felt comfortable enough to say that like okay like, hey, it, it seems like you know you're 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 frustrated How how are you feeling and so getting them to acknowledge that and you know, Peter Haberl would say, name it to tame it. So getting it out there, if we don't acknowledge the problem, it's hard to solve it. So if, if we say, you know, they express their feelings and we understand, understand that, then we can get on to back to their values. Okay. So you're feeling like they're picking on you. You're feeling really frustrated. Um, now, uh, how do you want to act? How do you want to play? Well, I want to, I want to play with conviction. I want to play with commitment. Okay. What does that look like? That's me, you know, stepping in, um, wanting to get served. All right, awesome. Yeah, go out there and and go do it. Um, so yeah, I guess some sort of dialogue back and forth, you know, acknowledging that this is hard and they're frustrated and letting them express their feelings and then try to trying to get them back onto their values and on the controllables. Like they, you know, the values are things they can do even when they feel picked on. Right. I can be I said before, like being a great teammate. Okay, I'm just going to focus on being a great teammate, even though You know, they're serving me off the court right now. At least I can do that at a really high level. Um, So I guess I'd start there. And then, yeah, I think where I was going with that, people talk about like mental toughness. Like we've got to be tough. And that seems really rigid. Um, Like this idea of mental flexibility. Like I can adjust. I can adapt when different challenges come. Like I've got to be able to... In this situation, I have this skill set or this value to go to, and I can I can be flexible in all these different situations versus kind of macho tough.
0: Good answer. So the last one, you have a new player in your program who's used to more explicit feedback and repping it out. She comes to your office to say she's just not getting enough technical feedback. I guess how do you handle that conversation and explain explain why you're doing what you're doing?
1: those are yeah those are hard um again it helps to have returners i would
0: helps to have returners so you don't have to deal with this question or because they model
1: (laughs) (laughs) no because i I guess it helps to have some success and some returners like and we have a player who's you know this year who's transferred in and and yeah it is very unsettling and uncomfortable and they want the answers and it's like but i've seen your teams like you guys are really like it work, it's working. Like I know it's working, and it's but this is still hard for me. So I guess that helps that there's just people in my program who believe in it and that we've had some success. So that that goes a long way. I mean, beyond that, I think it's some of the conversations we've been talking about. You know, um, I mean, the idea of um, uh, reinvestment theory. Uh, I don't know if I'd use like the scientific terms with them, but I'd say you know, there's been research done when. When a coach gives you internal feedback and gives you, you know, all the answers, um, usually you improve more in practice. But then under stress and performance, there's more paralysis. You know, there's more uh, rigid movements. Where what we try to do is we put you in challenging environments. We try to um, give you opportunities to solve challenging problems. And then when it comes to performance under stress you're very capable you know how to do hard things you're not looking over the sidelines you're not going internal you know you're able to figure it out so I think I mean what Simon Sinek talks about start with the why you know you explain why like why why do we do what we do and I think you do it through stories instead of doesn't always have to be like oh here's a research paper to to show you but I've had a couple players who like they're interested more in the science side and I'm happy to break it down from if they want um, but I, I'll also uh, I, I was going to say meet him halfway I definitely don't do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't bet uh, <laughs> I think I uh, I listen and I when there's areas that we can compromise and, and adapt then I will Um, but more it just seems like it's trying to get them to understand the why and that this is a very different approach to learning and um i understand their frustration and they've been in a very different system both in education and probably most of their teams so like to be patient to give it time um and to tell stories of players in the past who have gone through it as well is helpful Mm. um but yeah that that you know just i guess this belief in me and belief and not belief in me but belief in like this the science behind what we're doing and that practice is going to continue to be frustrating and difficult. But come competition time, I think you're going to see lots of benefits. And that's usually been the payoff.
0: Cool. Last question. So we know you're a big reader. Uh, can you give us some book recommendations?
1: I read uh, this great book. I think the author was William Allen. <laughs> it's called The Inner, Inner Night. So this parable, I got it right here. Yeah, I think everyone should read The Inner Night by uh, Billy. Billy Catch Allen. Um, I'm actually thinking, I think it's the next book I'm going to read with Mila,
0: my daughter, who's Mm. nine. I think she's ready. What do you think? Tracy was reading it. Worth was reading with her daughter, who's younger. And I was like, oh, she's like, oh, it's really cool. I was like, cool. At the end, it gets a little little violent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I know. I think I mean, Mila's read Harry Potter, so yeah. Harry
0: Potter's got the mentors,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd recommend that one. That's a great one. Our team's going to read it over Christmas. Um, I have right in front of me some books. I mean, I, it's not really a coaching book, but Sapiens is one of my favorite books, and I think everyone should read that. Uh, I think I mentioned before the MVP machine, I like that book a lot. It's a baseball book, but it's like a a good introduction to the constraints led approach without, I don't think the authors even knew what the constraints led approach is. Um, They're just looking at weird
0: baseball players doing funky things.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're looking at, yeah. I think some of the like the changes baseball has been making. Um, uh, The best by Mark Williams I mentioned is great. Um, I mean, you and I are both suckers for Ken Revisa. His stuff's great. I got Thinking and Bets here by Annie Duke. That was a good one. Coach Your Brains Out books, pretty good. Yeah, but I don't, there's, there's so many good books. Yeah, everyone should read Sapiens. I'd say that,
0: Pick, read that one. Well, awesome. I think you passed the audition. You can stay a, a host on Coach Your Brains Out now.
1: <laughs> okay, I hope you edited out most of it. But Thanks for having me.
0: No, thanks for, thanks for doing this. And uh, it was definitely helpful for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well.
1: I think you've heard it all before, but I'm glad.